What's up, world? How we doing? How we living? Under now perception, episode sixty nine. Brother uh, from the same mother. It's that reverse episode, huh? The the receive and the give. There is, I like That's that. What we're doing right. The the rappers blicky uh got the icky uh the Takashi sixty nine. Oh no, Takashi, you ruined it. That I had a brand. I had to because he's a first-generation Mexican. Oh, Got to give the letter. <laughs> good for him. Man. What do you think about when, when you hear 69, though? Uh, well, Besides first, my last two digits of my cell phone. Right. <laughs> well, first, obviously, we think about the obvious, right? Yeah. And then the other thing, I think about 1969. Okay. The music era. And then I think about probably, well, right now at the moment, I'm sure it changes, whatever day it may be. But I also think about right now... Um, that's it, man. I thought it was that Iggy Pop song, but I think that's 1979. Nice. So I was tripping. That's 10 funny. years before my birthday. Because when I think about 69, there's this memory that I remember as a child. Because growing oh, up, this growing up, I would always watch WWF. That was my, that was my soap opera. That was your jam. That was my, yeah, was, coming to age. It was like at the pinnacle at, the, at that point. It was in the Peter Parker pinnacle. Of, yeah, yeah. And I remember Lita. Remember Lita? She would hang out with S.A. Reels and she got with the Hardy Boys. She was like a Latina with red hair and she would wear pants and show a G-string. Just a G-string? That sounds familiar, yeah. Well, anyways, when she came to the WWF and Rey Mysterio came to the WWF. He's from San Diego. Area code 619. Is he the little incredible wrestler? Yeah, amazing wrestler. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I remember they're having a dialogue in Spanish and she's like, oh, you're from the... Seis uno nueve. Vamos a quitar el número uno. And hacemos un seis nueve. Twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old, and I was like, what? That's fire. What? That's fresh. (laughs) Yeah, man. So I always think about that when I hear 69, like a little baby memory. Kudos to wrestling, to uh, educating the young minds. Absolutely. Educating the young children right there. Shout out to Vince McMahon, baby. (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of education, man, and things like that, I was going to... I've, I've been doing something this week that I've only done a little bit once before, like in another occasion. So it, it's a rare thing. And, uh, and it's not like it's highly important or anything, but just like anything in life, it's what you take from it, right? But there are some things that are undeniably very important that we could all, you know, rule out, obviously, that we can all agree with. But this one is just, you know, kind of just for entertainment and for learning. So Johnny Depp's on trial right now, but actually he took his ex-wife this time on trial, Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. He's suing her for $50 million for defamation, right? So, and they've been having it online, so then I just go on YouTube to see the, but I've only been watched so far when he's testifying, Johnny mm-hmm. Depp. And one, because I love his acting. I know you don't care too much for him because you said, what has he done for the last 30 years? Yeah. Like you clown him and stuff, but I think he's one of the best actors of our generation. Mm. And of course, he does cash grabs, anything he has to do because of money issues or whatever. But ever since I was young, I've loved his acting and I still do. And the film that he wrote and directed, The Brave, I thought that was incredible. The uh, But anyways, when he's up there testifying, just to give a little background, like, do you know the background of what happened? Um, my girl's been watching it. Oh, I, wow, okay. I just know that um, she said that he's like so dramatized, traumatized, and he's like stuttering a lot and this and that. But me taking a step back, I'm like, he's an actor, so I don't know. Right, so there's that's what makes it a little like more, uh, hmm. And this, right? could be, this could be a movie too, dog. Like, why is this trial on television, bro? Well, they do. Well, because, I mean, it's Johnny Depp. 
That's what I'm saying. For what? I mean, how much? Yeah. So they, uh, so to give you some background, they're only married a few years. You know, there's a big age gap. I'm guessing there's probably like, I don't know, 15, 18, maybe 20 years age gap or whatever. But he still looks great, even though he's done a lot like, you know, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still doesn't look that bad. The, um, but they only married two years, but she said that he hit her, right? And he threw a cell phone at her. And he always denied that. He's like, that's bullshit. He never talked too much about it, right? But he said that, you know, because of that, he was blacklisted a lot just from the yeah. accusation, all this other stuff. And also, not only that, but his two young children, you know, that hearing about it. And then people that he said he said his relationship with to actually hear that from her. And he's just like, fuck that, right? Yeah. So the T sued her for 50 million, right? And uh, so anyways, the point that I want to get to, because anyone can just research stuff, is watching him you know, on the trial, like, and, and I used to watch a lot of interviews when I was younger too, right? So I watched him. So he always kind of spoke the same way, you know? But I, I, I do, if my memory serves me correctly, I think he does speak a little slower now. Yeah. But it's like his cadence, you know, talks like this. Yeah, exactly. Like, and he does do a little studying, but not too much, but he, he does look like he's a little nervous, but comfortable too, because he does a lot of like smiling when he says certain things or remembers. Uh, so, and then this guy seems to have a wicked memory, like he remembers certain things, but you know, what goes to the trial knows how much prep they do and all that stuff, I'm sure a lot, right? But the point of this is that I'm trying to get to that I got from it is that, and I think he's a great actor anyway, so, so he could be just adding a little bit of sauce, truths, right? Adding too much ketchup, yeah. But, there's also a thing that you see in people, right? Like, that it doesn't, like, you seem to believe, like, I think this person's being honest. Yeah. We've all noticed that in our lives, right? But we still could be fooled, right? But nonetheless, but he, uh, the way he's talking about things and talking about his childhood and kind of doing a confessional because it, they're trying to set up, you know, a character. That's what they're doing, right? And he's the one that's suing her. So they need to know about his character so they can piece things together. Mm. like why did you stay with her and why did this why did that right so the thing that stood out that he was talking about was that um, aside from his language because I love the way he uses certain words in his description and he's actually thinking about it mm. like something that I need to break is I always feel like I'm speeding through things as opposed to no take your time and really think about what you're going to say and who mm. cares if you're saying a little slower so I hear you lessen the ums like that and you do, right? Yeah. With the ums, right? Yeah. You give more anticipation as now. well. I think we're going to way better on that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, until the next one. Right? Because it's a pause, right? Like, I remember Mercy said that. She said, oh, with those, or unless you tell me, like, just pause instead of trying to fill it in. Yeah. But I digress. So, the thing with he said is that they asked him about the way he grew up. Mm. He stated that where he grew up, his mom, what he thought was normal was his mom, they all were kind of shell-shocked because his mom would hit them all the time. Mm -hmm. Him and his, his brother and his sister. So he, like when he was describing this thing was when every time she'd walk by, they'd kind of already like reflex like that because they didn't know if a whack was gonna come. Yeah. Or that she suffered from nervousness and she would take pills. Because one of the things they asked him, when did he start taking drugs? And he believes he was four or five. He started taking medicine for nerves because that's what his mom used to take. Yeah. And he would always bring it to her and he would notice that once she took it, she'd be more relaxed. 
So he would start popping them. Yeah. He's like, at such a young age, right? And inscribed his parents that his dad was a sweet man and his wife would just berate him. His mom would just berate him all the time, talk shit, be angry, call the kids stupid, all these things. And then he only saw his dad a few times, like punch a wall. And so his dad left. His dad left them and he took him out to get over that at that age because he felt like I was abandoned, mm-hmm. by him, that they were abandoned by him. But I pointed out they asked him about raising his children and because when he started his, this, he started his, the, the trial, he said, the reason why he's speaking up, he said now because he's able to speak the truth for his children and for people to know yeah. because he knows it's right and the truth. So he talked about he learned how to be a parent by doing the opposite of what his mom did, of what yeah. his parents did. That he said, and he said this one interesting thing, so I was wondering what your take is on this. He said that always speak to the children in a low voice, mm-hmm. calm voice, never yell. And he said this one thing in addition is like, never say no. Because I always want to say yes to my children, but say it a different way when I'm not going to give them something. Because no is such an abrupt thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a bit excessive. No, it isn't. But I could be wrong. That's what, I'm, that's what I want to get your point yeah. on. Because he says, like, instead of telling them no, when they put their finger on the, the socket, explain a little different, like, oh, that can hurt you. Or things yeah. like that. And I never thought about that. So yeah. what's your feel on that? So like, like what we talked about, like, um, like when my son is playing with another kid, I don't tell him be nice because we generally think, hey, you have to be nice, be nice. You don't have to be nice to anybody. Like the thing is, be gentle. It's completely different. Or like, for example, like my son, he gets, uh, he reacts very negatively if we say no. Like it's a shock to him. So that's why we tell him, no, thank you. Hey, buddy, no, thank you. Let's not do that. And, And like going back as well, like, when my son is having, um, I don't want to call it a temper tantrum, when he's just having a, a visionary stream of consciousness. Man, you don't think he's having a moment. He's having a moment. He's having his, yeah, he's having his. A battle. Something. He's having a battle. Yeah, he's trying to identify what's going on. So there instead of me assuming it's a tantrum and saying, hey, stop. Hey, it's okay. Hey, he. How can I assume that he's feeling okay at the moment? We tend to just be autopilot and just say, it's going to be okay. You're fine. Instead of going down, one thing Johnny Depp probably didn't mention is you have to go down to their level. So you got to be eye to eye with them and speak gently to them. Because I feel like if I'm yelling at him or things like that while he's going through his little his moment. moment, I like that, through his little moment, if I'm yelling at him, He's going to unintentionally be conditioned to hear a loud ruckus because his role models were yelling at him, opposed to me speaking to him in a gentle voice. So that gentleness that he's hearing from his parents is going to make him more intuitive to going towards his feelings, being able to control what he's able to control. And I think it's going to help him just compartmentalize better. Because I I struggle from anxiety, and and I think that's because, you know, our mom, you know, was always at home. She never got to do any type of routines. So just giving your all to other people, you tend to forget who you are. 
you stop growing. You know what I'm saying? You stunt your growth, and that could be detrimental to people around you, man. So that's one thing that I'm learning. Your tank. Absolutely, and that's one thing that I'm learning as as an as a parent. You know what I've learned, like as a kid, that I would prefer my parents do differently. You know. Yeah, and like when you state that that thing about tantrums, right? Like that's such a negative thing, right? And it's just passed down this idea. Yeah. Always having a tantrum. Yeah. Because the kids, if you put into that perspective, right? Just you put yourself in the vision. If you put yourself in the little toddler, those kid toddler shoes, right? All they know about life is what their parents show them. Yeah. Right? So if they get something, they get something. They don't know really ramifications. They don't know anything. They don't know why they're not allowed at the store to get something. So if they're going to react a certain way, it's all going to depend how you teach them how to deal with that, right? And instead of parents going, oh, no. Or throwing, getting angry at them or saying it's a tantrum. Yeah. Yeah, man, I don't like that word either. And and I've been learning, dude, a lot that our brain is literally plasticity, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. like plastic. So Sponge. you're able to fucking form it however you want. And then being kids, especially in their formative years, that's when we need to have that one-on-one and being around them as much as we can to help develop them for a better future. Because if we yell at them, that's going to be like a negative effect that they're not, again, not even going to know that what they went through because i saw this post not that long ago that Mm -hmm. said have you ever felt like um let's say what was it like depressed and you're going through something and you just go through it by yourself they said that pretty much kids that do that or adults that do that is typically when they're left alone as a child to go through issues by themselves opposed to like a parent guiding them or opposed to like an older brother or older sibling guiding them those type of personalities will gravitate towards people and be like hey i'm going through this or being more vulnerable opposed to having the example of parents molding you letting you know like hey it's gonna be okay that's crazy man like it made me think about this bro how do you feel or do you still come across people when you go to like a party or an event and you've said hi to them but when you see them they don't greet you Unless you greet them. Like, have you ever gone through that? Have you ever witnessed something like that? I know it's common, bro. I see it all the time. You're talking about, so, when you, do they act differently when you see them in other scenarios? Or no? Meaning, like, regardless of what it is, you're always the one that has to greet them? Yeah, so let's say, for example, we're at a big venue, and it's probably, like, your homie's homie's girl, or your homie's girl, right? She don't say hi to nobody unless you say hi to them. Like, where do you think, do you think that could be like a a fear that they might have? Or how do you, how do you gauge that? Nothing comes to mind. I'm not sure I do have some experiences like with that. But what what is it that you're... So me me and my lady were talking about this. So like, let's say, like whenever I take Ezekiel or Sage to like a foreign place that they haven't been to yet, right? And like... There's family, there's a party, whatever. And he's just like, shit, in shock because it's like so much things, you know? Their intention span isn't that big yet. So what if us as parents are the ones that injected them with that thought, that thought pattern or how they react in those type of places? Because opposed to feeding their need of comforting them, we're just drilling them with the idea of, it's okay, 
it's okay. It's okay. So we're just putting a band-aid on it. So years later, as you get older and you're in like places you're not as comfortable because you don't, you don't know anything. You just think it's okay. So that was the idea and the conversation me and my lady were having as to like, how come sometimes, you know, people that are vocal might shy away to going up to somebody? Where does that stem from? How, how do you develop that? So I think that, that, made, that made sense to me when we conversated about that. How do you feel about that? Well, I don't know how much weight to put into something like that because the one thing we, we tend to eliminate, especially in the conversations we've been having, because we, you know, we're trying to just uh, analyze and uncover maybe why do we act the way that we certain are. And sometimes I, I struggle with that because I think sometimes, man, am I just leaving a big part of the equation out? Because yeah. the way I want to answer that is as you get older, being around other people in education, then you learn new things, right? So what has more weight, you know, because by going to school, then you're, you're de developing how to interact with children. You learn, mm -hmm. you know, survival tactics of like, oh, how to make friends, mm -hmm. how to not make friends, who to avoid, say hi. So what about all those years of learning? Absolutely. Why is that not in the equation, right? So that's why I think just having that little thing of that, it's an interesting thought. Absolutely. I just don't know how much weight it has. Okay, okay. Definitely. Yeah, so it was just something I was thinking about. But segueing, bro, like, thank you for the, the car shoes. Oh, did he dig them? Has he put them on yet? No, not yet. He's at, not, he's he, at grandma's right now. He thought, like, it was good. I'm glad he liked it because I picked yeah. him up some, because uh, he's big time to Lightning Mc, uh, McQueen right now. Right? Lightning McQueen, yeah. And you guys were at uh, at uh, Disneyland yesterday, right? Yes. No, no two days ago. Before. Yeah. And I saw when you, so what happened? You took him to, I saw a little video, but when you took him to the toy section, like for the movie, for the boy movie Cars. Well, in California, they have like a area where it's like Cars Land, bro. And he recognized it. And literally, we finally got the reaction we wanted, like jumping for joy, like, ah, ah, dad, dad. Like he saw Mater, bro. And he wanted to legit take a pic. I was like, finally, bro. Mater's a tow truck? Mater's the tow truck, uh, That's yeah. what it's like. He, you could see his hype, man. He was hype. He was jumping up for joy, bro. Yeah, because the one... When I... Well, on Saturday, man, we had a great Easter, man. It was... Tell you, man, that was one of the best Saturdays I've had in a long time. All of us were out of folks. Yeah. Man, it was such a beautiful... Beautiful day, man. Just being around everyone, talking, chilling. Yeah. Seeing Corina, who just turned... Nine. A big nine. Then, uh, of course, I had my nephew, and as soon as I came in, because I had bought him a little Steve McQueen card, too, because yeah. he already has one, but I bought him a different kind. It's like a talking one, and kind of racist. And as soon as I brought it in, that's when I saw the same joy. He was like, oh! He was like, jumping, one minute, open it right away. Oh, that was, that was sick, man. Yeah, man. And then, so I found him some light shoes, right? And they're all Steve McQueen. And right away, when I took him yesterday, he was like, yeah, looking dude. at them, man. Loving it, bro. I was stoked, man. That shit was awesome. But that made me think about, because he takes that cars everywhere, so... Disneyland, he took them, you know, in the shack, in the bath, he takes them, you know, everywhere we go out, it's at grandma's house right now, Here where he he's at. bus light you a little break right now. Yeah, he went from bus to, yeah. to lightning. And uh, I wanted to ask you, bro, is there a, a childhood toy that you remember that you would take everywhere or that you would always want to play with that you would just stare at and he would be the first toy you play with? Dude, we were different. All the time. We were raised differently that our parents didn't let us take our stuff anywhere. Like, they, they, it wasn't a car. Don't lose like, it. Yeah. But also <laughs> because we didn't have a car. Okay. You know, so it wasn't like that. It was different. 
Right now, you guys have a car. That you want the you have a better understanding. You want the, your son to become your children to be comfortable to accept. But but bringing up a toy, though, I do remember one toy. This one that came to mind was uh, a gray truck. I had a gray truck that was a little bigger, right? Probably like the size of both my hands together. And I think if you did it correctly, which I never figured out, you put a little water on it and it would get through a little steam from the oh, back of the, tail, the tailpipe. But I remember having that, that truck. I wonder why that came to my mind first. Because I love that truck. And I've never been a truck guy, but now I'm thinking about that truck. Man, I, I love that as a toy. How long were you? not allowed to bring it anymore, man. I think well, I was in, I lived in LA, so I don't know if I was in between, anywhere between like five and seven, maybe. That's tired, dude. How about you? For me, I don't know if it was a hand-me-down from Chris or you, but I remember always gravitating and playing with my Casey Jones toy from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's to do with the hockey mask. Right? Yeah, so he had a, a Jason hockey mask. I remember that. He had like blue curly hair. And he wore like I don't a, know why I thought he had he, brown long hair. He brown or blue, whatever. And he had like a shoulder pad, a right shoulder yeah. pad. And he would wear a, a cut off Ezekiel Elliott type shirt. Yeah. Showing his six pack, bro. And and then I think I just gravitated towards him because of the outfit. Yeah. I've always been like You're like into that fashion. In it accessories and fashion, even as a kid. And I and now thinking about it, I'm like that's probably why. Yeah, man. And I just found it on eBay for seven dollars, bro. That's why I'm gonna order that shit. Yeah, so people love that TMNT, man. I remember the first movie I saw when they made it. That was a great movie as a kid. Oh hell yeah, those were lit, bro. Especially that original one. They just made Master Splinter look bad, bro. Like it was unlookable, like, like a big rat, right? Oh yeah, they it was fucked a big it ass up. rat, man. Yeah, they, yeah. They should yeah. have just put my Takashi on there. <laughs> Before I kind of go on to some other stuff, the reason I want, to, I want to kind of go back to that defamation trial, because it touches on so much... Defamation because they defecated on his bed? Well, that too. But no, but that's a good oh, okay. call. Defamation is when... Defamation <laughs> is when they talk about your character. No, yeah, assassinate my character. Yeah, yeah. so he... Uh, well, I thought he threw a cell phone at her. That's what that's I what heard. Said. No pun intended. No, He but, described the scene. But that's always the fucking narrative, dude. And that's why... I'm happy now that I'm but hearing yeah, this. Yeah, they show now. She used to beat on him. He's yeah. talked about it. She's. He said. I heard. His, his with finger, a bottle. His finger, his middle finger, yeah. is like Mount Vesuvius because it's fake right here. It's a big old hole because he said he hadn't drank for a while, but he was in Australia filming uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 5, right? And he was there and they had kind of like a big house. And then so she came in the next day and then right away he said the fight started. Fight started happening because, because he wanted to have a prenup. Yeah. But she never. She would always argue. You don't trust me. So he said it was lost by then. So then he kind of wanted to have a postnup after they got married. Yeah. So he told some lawyers to talk to her. Right. So then, she's like, no, no, no. So when she came in, she was all pissed off at him because of that. And then she invented these lies that the lawyer like laughed at her and all this other stuff. So he said he locked himself in different bathrooms and doors because he wanted to get away from her. He said after a certain point, the argument's not going anywhere. So he removes himself from that. Yeah. Especially if she gets violent, he said. So he said he went down, there was a bar, because then when you go in the house of Australia, there's a downstairs and an upstairs. So he went downstairs, which is kind of like a rec room at a pool table and they had a full bar. 
And he had him drag for a while, but he said, fuck it. So he grabbed the vodka, some shot glasses, and just started drinking, right? And then she walked downstairs. And he said he was sitting, like, in the bar. She's like, oh, right away, like, oh, you're drinking again? Oh, blah, 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 you're going to become the monster, blah, blah, blah. And then she grabbed the bottle yeah. and chucked it at him. And he said it just passed his face and smashed it to the wall. And he didn't react. So he went back to the bar and grabbed the bigger vodka bottle with the handle. Yeah. Served himself some shot and took another one. And then she grabbed that one, yep. stepped back and threw it two hands. And his hand was like the bar resting and it smashed. Yeah. And it severed his finger entirely. Sucks, like the, the tip. They have pictures of him. And then he said that she put a cigarette out on his cheek. Yeah. And he said he never hit a woman. And I think I want to see the trial again because they talked about some other stuff. I think I missed that part where he says he stayed in that relationship, even though it wasn't very long, because of his father, probably. Because he saw him get berated by his mom constantly. Yeah, most likely. The, um, so I was going to about that thin line between love and psych psychoticness, I guess, right? Like, let's say this all turns out to be true. But what do you say? Because who knows? I can't say it is, right? He said that he started noticing the strange behavior when he would get home from work, and it's funny to say like an actor coming home from work, right? Yeah. But whatever, he was in meetings or whatever. And that uh, as soon as he got home, she would take his boots off, right? And then serve him a glass of wine. And he said he had never had that before. So he was like, oh, wow. You know, so he, she would do this all the time. And so one day he got home and he said she was like busy. She was either on the phone or something. So, you know, he took the boots off himself and all this stuff. And then she rushed in. She said, what are you doing? What did you do? He said, oh, just, you know, you're busy. I took my boots off. Don't ever do that. Mm -hmm. That's my job. And he said he felt that was odd. Yeah. Right? Because, like, the self-control or this routine or, like, a full way to control someone. And that it would happen when he didn't want to go to bed. Instead of staring at the scene, he's like, oh, I'm just going to stay out watching TV. No. You're going to bed with me right now, too. So he said, like, I'm a 50-year-old man. I didn't stay up watch TV. But, you know, obviously they hit him because he said she's, he's, she struck him. They have a recording. He recorded her. Mm -hmm. Like, they played the audio. He called her to be like, remember what you did yesterday? She's like, I was in an ambient. I don't know. He's like, so you hit me. You punched me. And she's like, oh, but you're a baby. You're a fucking baby. You're fine. I didn't punch you. He's like, you closed your fist. I, I struck you, but I didn't, I didn't punch you with my fist. You're a baby. You're fine. And then turning it on him. You yeah. know, like that new phrase, gaslighting. Yeah. That's wild, man. You're like seeing Johnny Depp. But what I'm happy about, though, is he's That's controlling true. his narrative. Because this yeah. is actually new, bro. Like, I've never really seen a lot of people control their narrative when they actually have to. So right. now we're seeing the other side of the story. Like, the Kanye West, the Marilyn Mansons, the right. Antonio Browns. Now Johnny Depp. You know what I'm saying? Look, like, he's going through his Will Smith shit. Like, it makes me think, like... In Hollywood, are these females just under this agenda to, like, make you feel this way? Because now there's rumblings that Jaden, Jada, whatever the fuck her name is, she going to divorce Will because of, oh. of the slap. That makes no sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't know, man. But, yeah, that thin, that thin line, right, yeah, between love and hate. To fucking, any domestic abuse, right? Any, yeah. To hit you and all that other stuff. And then, and I know this is... This is just another layer of it that even doesn't matter in the long scheme of things, but the fact that you're like, oh, a famous actor, a good-looking son of a bitch, right? Yeah. Which I think when he was young, he was one of the best-looking guys of all time, right? Like, 
and a great actor, musician, and just an interesting dude. He's always had interesting friends. He's always been very poetic. Like he's, you know, and he hangs out with Keith Richard, you know, Hunter S. Thompson, all those people, you know, like he's got a specific, and, they, and everyone's ever like that's talked about him said he's always been very kind. Mm. You know, like he helped that dude from Counting Crows when he was going through like, they got too famous. He's like, hey, you want to work at the Viper Room? Yeah. You can be there in the bar. And, he, and it would just be a sick, kind of like only where celebrities were at, right? Mm. But anyways, I digress. But he said like, but just to see it, like, damn, this is Johnny Devio's getting hit by a woman? Yeah, you know, bro. it's like, damn, dude. That's some hot shit, man. Yeah, that shit's fucking crazy, dog. But dude, I was going to say, man, I got a, hmm, massage my mental, man. Let me Want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, baby. so there's a quote. And this was uh, stated by a photographer, which will make more sense when I say this, but this could be applied to anything. Is by Henry Cartier-Bresson. He said, and I, I got to read it the way he wrote it. The moment, once you miss it, it is gone forever. How does that, how does that strike you, man, when you hear that? Just listening to your intuition. I feel like your intuition is a tool that the universe gives you to lead you to your moment to lead you to your vision. But sometimes with like all this outside noise and all these outside distractions and trivial shit, external shit, will kind of make us lose that. So that that's pretty much what it makes me think about. Because of the distraction, you'll, you'll miss the moment? Yeah, because a lot of, a lot of people like to, like, what was that quote Nas says, you know, um, a man hates what they can't conquer. So a lot of us project our own fears amongst each other, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. And that, that could be very poisonous. So we just need to remember that we're all our own special vessel. We're all our own individual, bro. We're, we're created. I don't know, man. We're just our own person. Yeah. What, what about you, man? What makes you when, think about it? When I think about that, when I read it, it was just, to me, aside from creating, just living, right? And this guy being a photographer, obviously, he's talking about that split second. If you see something, he wants to snap it and capture it, right? So to me, that like a strike at any idea you may have, you know, when you're writing or yeah. when you're writing a song or a poem or an idea or anything like that. I've had so many ideas not come back to me because I didn't take the moment to write them down. Yeah. Right? And it's like, it is gone. Some of you may think, oh, I remember. Not, but then you may not remember. It may be gone. And I think aside from just being creative with it, is it just like being present in someone's life? If you're present with the person you're with or friends, uh, children, there's going to be moments. Mm -hmm. You can miss them if you're not paying attention to it, if you're not in that moment. You know, so at least you... The, the most important thing is to experience that moment. That's beautiful. You know? So man, that's, that's what I think about that. But you, man, you, you're Absolutely. looking all sleep, man. You're about to make some moments yourself, man. Yeah. What are you all dressed up for? I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go celebrate love right now. Okay. So my lady's in a wedding in Temecula. So we're going to go. I'm going to go she's ahead. She's part of the wedding party? Yeah, she's nice. in the wedding. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to go after this to go show some love and, and support. Good, man. With her. Is it one of her friends? Yeah, it's her friend that's getting married. Oh, congrats to them, man. Yes, sir. Congrats to the McGrains. 
Let's say that. And uh, my nephew and niece, where are they? They're at Nana's house. Okay. They're at their grandma. So it's uh, the parents get a little night out? I mean, not yeah. Not too much because she's in the wedding party. It's, separate. it's bittersweet. I'm not a fan of not being able to take my kids. Right. Personally. like. But it makes sense at a wedding. It makes, yeah, it's it's whatever, like, the people are getting married, you know, it's their right and their yeah, decision. Yeah, for sure. But I'm I'm not a fan of it. It it causes more stress than happiness, honestly, because I wish my kid would go, right. and I want to celebrate this moment with them as well. But yeah, that's how I feel about it. But I mean, all in all, you know, it's cool. Yeah, make the most of it, man. Enjoy. Yeah, make the most of it. The uh, I was thinking about you know what's one of my favorite things, man, and uh, and I and I think it struck because of what we uh, during Easter is it's one of my favorite things to do, man, is just to have dinner with family or dinner with friends, right? I just, that's my favorite thing to do on my birthday, things like that, but it shouldn't just be only on birthdays, right? I think like getting together. Absolutely. With good food, being out somewhere and just enjoying conversations, just like looking forward to it and just indulging in that in people's minds and having the food. I, I love that, man. Well, what are your self favorite things to do, man, like that? Um, my favorite things? Yeah, I agree, man. I mean... With that, you know, cele- celebrating life, bro, and and just continuing to do it and, and um, exposing kids to more things because I don't remember, like, as a childhood, I probably would say I remember probably, like, two, three times looking for Easter eggs, and my son's already done it twice. Yeah, awesome. So just keeping up, like, just exposing my kids to, like, holidays and different celebrations, like... Like, I have a, a, a cross earring and a, and a Buddha ring. You know what I'm saying? Like, two different religions. Right. But I want to expose my son to all the beautiful things that every different country or, or this planet could offer. You should steal um, Elvis Presley's line, even though it doesn't apply to but he said, because he... You know him, Buddha Frankenstein? Or yeah, like? he had a... I think, he, you know, he had, like, a crucifix, and I think he also, like, a Buddha. He had different things and like hanging on his neck. He did? That's what I'm yeah, talking about. We the uh, bridge. And then they, uh, somebody asked him once, why Why do you have all the different um, type of religions or belief systems? And he said, well, I don't want to miss seven by, from, I don't want to miss seven because of the technicality. Damn, <laughs> I like that. I know you got to get out of here, buddy. No, nah, we got some time, but, got some time, right? Cool. Um, I finished the Raising Kanye book by Donda. It was really good. Oh, it was shit. cool seeing like, her techniques and all that, but I started, I embarked on a new journey, bro, and, and my boy actually reposted me, so shout out to my guy, Robert Green, you know, I finished 48 Laws of Power, oh, nice, and I just, man. I just started Mastery, so pretty much the book is about just discovering what your true calling is and mastering it, so I just read pretty much the introduction of it, and I already got so much shit from it bro and one thing um i want to bring up bro what's up is the word genius okay because there's this notion out there that we overthrow the word genius a lot overuse it we overuse it a lot but when actuality do you know where the word genius came from or derived from yeah um this famous genie said it this guy. <laughs> Speaking of genies, him and I dabbed up at uh, Disneyland the other day. Oh, I seen him. Nice, man. You could take him, though, right? So, hell yeah, bro. He's, he's juiced out. 
Um, the word genius comes from the Latin and originally referred to a guardian spirit that watched over the birth of each person. It later came to refer to the innate qualities that make each person uniquely gifted. Okay. So, so that's the etymology of it. So pretty much, bro, and that's where it derived from. So we just need to remember, dude, like what we talked about circling back about our brain being made out of plasticity. So if we think about it, fucking over six million years ago, bro, like we barely learned how to stand up. We barely learned how to do tools. You know what I'm saying? Like our body dies, but our brain is still there. So we just need to remember, bro, that we're all geniuses and we're all put in here to do something special. So we just need to tap back, tap back into our childlike, bro, and try to remember, you know, what made us happy, what brought us positivity, so we can all embark on, on a better journey, bro. Well, I think that's good, man. I mean, I don't agree with the, um, with seeing we're all geniuses, you know, because I think that obviously words take on different meanings and whether they evolve or digress and they change, right? Mm -hmm. And when I think of genius now, it's like, it's it's someone that has like, to me, it's a, separ a separator, right? Like, to me, it's just more cleaner and I, and I like to kind of be in the consensus of agreeing what, what the word means, right? Mm -hmm. And now, pretty much like, okay, like you think Albert Einstein, you think people like that, right? Like, I'm no Albert Einstein. I can't do stuff like that. I don't, I don't need that idea to be like, hung up or like, oh, I'm a genius because I have a gift or something like that. Okay. That's why I'm in the camp of like, like, oh yeah, I think we throw it around too much, but it's also, it's not like a mountain I want to die on. I mean, I'll die on. I don't care. People can use that word how they want to use it and I'll use it how I want to use it, you know? No, yeah, I get it. But I just, I just want to just let people know that we are closer mm -hmm. to that type of intelligence than people actually believe, bro. Yeah, for sure. We are, bro. So right. we just need to take that thought, say it out loud because it's true, man. We get programmed and we forget what we really like and then like we've talked about we get on this fucking autopilot shit and we lose ourselves man so we just need to just fucking remember dude we're special we we're born bro I mean, we're uniquely ourselves exactly i mean you are uniquely you yeah right? there's no one else like you yeah but we make ourselves like everybody else right because we yeah. a lot of times we're the ones that put ourselves in the box and we're the ones mm -hmm. that keep ourselves in the box you know yeah, bro, just like... Um, the caged bird. They're going to... Like, Alejandro Jodorowsky said, right? The, the bird that's in the cage and look at birds that are gotta, flying and think they're crazy. Yeah, seriously. And we got to just dig ourselves out of that dirt, man. Yeah, it takes time. For sure, man. But other than that, thanks, brother. Well, sweet, man. And fucking enjoy the, the wedding, man, the celebration of uh, of love. Yes, sir. I'll probably just enjoy watching another Johnny Depp testimony, but I will be watching uh, The Northman, I think, tomorrow. Okay. So I'm excited for that. Probably on my website. I heard, I heard it's incredible. The uh, Well, cool, man. Take us out, brother, with episode 69. For sure. Man. Episode 69. The give and take. The give and take. The north-south position. Thank you, everybody, for liking, listening, subscribing. Undenial perception. Brother, we out. Peace.